0: And then two is I want to connect developers like yourself, like myself, with those things because, man, let's learn more. Let's get better at this. It just makes our jobs more fun.
1: Welcome to the Liquid Weekly Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things Shopify development. Today, Carl and Taylor talk about how they first got started in Shopify.
0: All right. Hey, Taylor. It's good to see you. Hey, man, it's good to see you too. I just want to welcome everyone to uh, Taylor and Carl's Startup Podcast, Episode 1, which we're calling the Liquid Weekly Podcast, Episode 1, that's right. And uh, yeah, we are so excited to get this off the ground. We want this to be the number one place people can go to get information on Shopify development. All your needs met here by us. But before we do that, Taylor,
1: we should probably introduce ourselves. Who are you? We should. Do you want me to go first? I'm yeah. Leading, leading the give me a thirty-second. Thirty-second. My elevator pitch. Yeah. Yeah. The whole spiel. So my name is uh, Taylor Page. So I am a freelance web developer, and uh, my usual intro is a Shopify expert. Though if we're talking to other Shopify experts, I don't know if I can. I can always say that necessarily, but um, that's how I introduce myself to people uh, when I'm working on stuff, and so my my background and stuff like that kind of. Um, started elsewhere. I used to be a social worker back in the day, and transitioned into development. Um, and now I get to do do this stuff uh, full time, and it's and it's awesome. So, do we want to do like full backstories initially, or are we just gonna like this is like yeah, the intro? We'll
0: do the intro, then we'll do the full backstories.
1: Then... Okay. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm Carl Meisterheim, uh, and I started off my illustrious career in full stack web app development many, many years ago back in Michigan. And over the years, I've done a lot of different things, PHP, Rails, all that kind of stuff. And was doing some full-time consulting work when I really caught the vision for niching down. And that's when I landed on Shopify and really went full full hog, as they say, into that ecosystem. And it's been amazing. It's been several years now. And, I know, I of a second of it. and that is how I met Taylor too. So um,
1: yeah, got her start way back yeah. when you like started providing a much needed service. Um, with just putting resources together in a newsletter that's just Shopify dev specific and, you know, in Liquid Weekly. So, and I was always on the hunt, still always am on the hunt for good resources in this space and Liquid Weekly is just, has been it, man. Like there's just, there's nothing quite like it in the system, you know? I don't know, at least that I've ever come across. I don't know if you have um, While you've been putting all these resources together, um, but it's awesome.
0: Thanks, yeah. So was it almost two years ago, August of 2021, I think. I was trying yeah. to figure out what what next to do. And uh, I get a lot of newsletters and I really love content. And just being able to look over a list of articles and see if there's anything worth catching up on this week and not necessarily having to deep dive into any of it. Um, and there was nothing like that that I could find for Shopify. So I thought, well, no. I could do that. I'm smart enough to find newsletter articles and send it out. So I did. And it's been amazing, not only because of... Following that it's built up, but also because I've been meeting so many cool people like yourself together. I mean, if it weren't for that stupid newsletter idea that I had, just giving it a shot, wondering if anybody would ever read this, we never would have met. So, because of that, what's your favorite breakfast cereal question? Two years later, we already are talking and having a good time. And for me personally, it's been so inspiring to watch your career progression because, you know, I've been doing this since forever. It's when I went to school for everything. You had like a whole other career. You were doing some amazing stuff and then you made that switch and it really was cool to see how quickly you were able to pick up on all the Shopify stuff and begin not only learning how to do Shopify development well, but at the same time, building out a consultancy. You're basically flying the plane while you're building it and to see how much confidence you've gained and and just, yeah, it's been really cool to see that over the last, last few years. So
1: kudos. Well, to thanks, you, man. I appreciate yeah. that. That's It's not possible without people like you um, putting stuff together, helping people like me fumble my way through the dark, you know, or whatever. <laughs> right. So. That was, uh, yeah, I had never, I, I, I mean, I had been learning web development for years um, and doing a little bit of freelancing side hustle, uh, you know, kind of type thing or whatever. But, you know, I never thought, uh, I had opened a Shopify store cause I, you know, my wife and I, you know, have student loans and I read about dropshipping and I was like, this is how we're gonna pay off our student loans. We're gonna make bank selling coffee mugs. You know what I mean? Like, And so that was my experience with, with Shopify initially, uh, found that I hated the marketing in that side of things or whatever uh, but I really like the code side of things but I never thought I could get paid to do this kind of type stuff full-time like customizing themes and, and building out stuff or whatever um, so that even how that happened was pretty wild um, when I started stumbling into that but yeah no thank you that's it, it has been pretty wild to transition so far from uh, you know being like a social worker to a full-time uh, freelance web developer it's been it's been awesome.
0: Yeah, and that's really kind of the vision that you and I have for even starting this podcast, right? It's one, we enjoy hanging out together. I think that's probably number one because there's only so much time in the day, so if you don't enjoy it, why do it? Right. And and two, it's having seen that power, the power of Shopify, I guess, in each of our lives and careers in different ways, wanting Mm to create a space where we can invite other developers into that as well, equip them and enable them, and have a good time doing it. We want there to be a a hub of information for folks. So, they can quickly get up to speed and keep up to date with the mm-hmm. latest changes and we can all grow mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. get to see better, better merchants and buy things, keep things. So, with that being said, do you want to dive in? I know you've already kind of given us the 30,000 foot level overview, but do you want to dig a little bit more into kind of your journey and some of the things that happened to you along the way to get to where you're at now?
1: Yeah, for sure, man. So, um, like I said, my, my background is in, is in social work. So I've got like a master's degree in counseling psychology, um, and, and the student loan debt to, to approve it kind of type thing. (laughs) Um, and, uh. So, yeah, no, I I actually, um, you know, went to school for forever for that, uh, was a social worker for over 10 years um, before I fully transitioned here. And, and in that time, you know, while I was doing the social work thing, um, I, I really had never been introduced to web development outside of like I took like an HTML class in like high school, but it was kind of where. You know it was so like bare bones minimal like kind of introductory to introduction to html and super super basic css that it was just kind of like i couldn't connect the dots and and i wish i would have earlier on in life about like the things that i was building then to what like that eventually led into what you could build um and so that you know fast forward like several years i'm working on getting my master's and at the time i was you know, working as a social worker, working on getting my master's. And then I was also working part time in a church. Um, and the guy who did our website just up and left one day kind of type thing. And uh, so everybody was just like, just ask Taylor to do it. He's like the most technical person around, you know, And that and that's kind of my skill set. in in some degree is just kind of like yeah just throw me at it like i'll figure it out um kind of type thing or whatever and so uh it was this wordpress website it was like hacked it had like this you know it's this church website but it's got like these um like they were selling these chinese like um i'm I'm trying to think of like fertility supplements i'm trying to think of like the right like kind way to say some of these things or whatever but like so like the, (laughs) the site was hacked like obviously this was all bad and um so i learned a lot along the way about like diving into it uh so my my first initial introduction was wordpress uh to web development um and man like people i was just like talking to people about it, getting excited about it and people were like oh man that sounds awful i was like no i love this this is this is amazing this is super cool and so anyways that that led to a long long several years um doing a bunch of different stuff in web development um yeah, well, no. So I started off with WordPress and then I was kind of like WordPress, like there's so many better ways to do things online than <laughs> WordPress. And so I started moving. Then um, I kind of really became um, interested in, if you've heard of like Jamstack, people refer to that. Um, it's like JavaScript APIs and markup. And so just building these like really fast uh, websites and stuff like that, more more like brochure type websites. You're not doing a ton on them necessarily that you can, uh, just with, with tools we're building up and stuff now, but. Um, So like Gatsby, JS, uh, Next.js, and stuff like that. A lot of more like React-based kind of type stuff. Um, That was what I was really interested in at the time. And so I was doing that for a while. Uh, I, I referred to it, you know, when I started freelancing doing that, um, I referred to it as never making enough uh, more than diaper money. You know, having sure. a small kid at the time it was like enough to pay for diapers, but that was about it. A couple hundred bucks here and there, kind of type thing. Um, and so eventually I did stumble into Shopify. So, like I said, I'd, I'd kind of had that experience with a store. Never really thought I could get paid to do this because, um, from my perspective, it's not like, there was anything that you really, you know, again, I, I was thinking way too small about what people would and wouldn't need, um, from that perspective. But I had a guy from a, a local web development group kind of reach out and he was like, Hey, does anybody know Shopify well enough to do X, Y, and Z or whatever kind of type of thing? And it was real simple stuff. Like we were trying to conditionally show stuff based on like customer tags or whatever, you know what I mean? Like real simple liquid stuff. Um, and I was like, yeah, man, that's easy. And so I just, did it he was like okay great thanks turned out it was for like this big like plus client um and i was like okay like this guy's landing jobs and didn't even know how to do this pretty basic thing in shopify and so like clearly there's a there's a or a need for this so maybe i'll just start trying to find shopify gigs um you know because like i know it well enough obviously that things that somebody who's winning jobs uh couldn't even do but like to me that was easy and so um when i started uh just just doing that it became real easy to find jobs um i say easy and and i know that's tough for a lot of people when they're first starting off um and and i don't want to like downplay the fact that like i was getting and having difficulty finding jobs for like two years up until that point where it was like really slow steady kind of progress or whatever um but man it was just like when i just started focusing on shopify like it's like all these doors started opening um and like within within a month or two like i had to sit down with my wife and have a serious talk about like okay, like I'm pretty sure I can do this full time because I'm already, um, now granted this is not an impressive stat because social workers are not paid that well, but like, you know, nights and weekends when I was working, I was making already like almost as much as I was making full time just from nights and weekend work. Um, and so, uh, we kind of made a plan and I made the jump and, uh, have been doing that full time ever since. So that's my, my longer spiel, uh, about how I got into uh, Shopify and now freelancing full time now for, a um, couple of years now, and it's it's been a blast, man. Uh, getting to meet people like you, uh, and you know the Shopify community in general. It's not um, this cutthroat world I kind of thought the business world would be, or whatever. Like running into people like you and, and stuff like that. It's it's been really cool to meet people who are just interested in helping other people out.
0: That's so cool, Taylor. So when you were sharing how you first got started, you made the comment that you were reached out to you by someone from a web development group. So were you like attending local meetups as a way of networking? Is that one of your strategies early on?
1: Yeah. So my my early strategy on my whole goal um was like, you know, one, obviously get better at web development. Uh my my ultimate goal at that time was just to learn how to build apps. That was that was all that I wanted to do. I just wanted to, to build apps and stuff like that. Um and then so I found this local uh, meetup uh you know and they actually did meet this was pre-covid that like they would physically show up and interact with people you know kind of type thing and i know a lot of that stuff is happening again too and i'm so glad for it um because i think that is that's a huge missed opportunity when it's not there um but yeah so i would show up uh, to these meetups and i'd get to interact and talk to other web developers um, which was awesome for me because in my world at that time as a social worker very low technical, uh, kind of type things or whatever, you know, and and again, like people would just, you know, Taylor can do this or whatever. So I'd end up building the website or, you know, um, Taylor's going to figure out how to, you know, like, uh, you know, migrate these, um, you know, SharePoint instances and stuff like that or whatever, and all this other stuff. So, um, yeah, like that, that was how it first started was, um, starting to get in, actually talk to people who were in the industry. And yeah, I had hoped to, not only learn more about web development, but was trying to get a job at an agency as well. So things change.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it's it's one thing to start plucking away at that. It's another thing to decide that instead of trying to find a job, that you're going to start a freelance career essentially, right? Did this kind of fall yeah. into that naturally? Or did it seem like the more achievable route as opposed to trying to get employed by an agency or something?
1: Yeah, The so I kind of looked at that as kind of like a pretty big uphill battle to try to get into an agency. Even when I was meeting and talking with people, it was kind of like the um, feedback I would get was was people were looking for experience, obviously, at that time. It was a little bit of a tougher job market. Um, where I was at at that time, I was in Missouri. I'm in, I'm in Ohio now, um, you know. And <laughs> um, so uh, at that time, I was really just looking for the experience and I figured, you know, if i need experience one of the best ways to do that is start just taking on actual jobs uh in order to get that experience because i was kind of stuck for a while in that just loop of just doing tutorial after tutorial after tutorial and at a certain point that's just you're not really learning anything at that point Uh, you're not solving real world problems and so um, my goal was to build up enough of a freelancing portfolio or profile that i would be more um hireable more appealing to agencies as well to hire
0: when you were starting to sort of level up education wise around Shopify, where did you go to get information? Like there weren't—I mean, there still aren't—as far as I know, like books on Shopify that you go buy. No one does it anymore, right? So I do not even figure stuff out where you I, just go into the website. I do website? have one
1: book, but oh, do you? Uh, buy Shopify? That was that was much later. But that was much later. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but nice. uh, I'll yeah, I'll have to send that to you. There's a Shopify themed liquid uh book by Ivan. Yeah. Um. I'm a butcher's last name. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to even try, man. So I'm sorry about that. We can link that up. Um, but, uh so as far as like yeah learning in general obviously you know youtube um building stuff in dev stores so the fact that shopify in the ecosystem you have the opportunity to just spin up as many dev stores as necessary and playing around with themes that was super helpful to be able to like build and break stuff in an environment that's sandboxed right you're not gonna like totally take down somebody's production site or something um and then yeah after that just you know the dev docs were great and then uh coding with jan um his his uh you know, Shopify channel was fantastic, amazing for me, uh, to be able to like actually see just kind of like the thought process through some of those things. And he was always really great about calling out like, well, here's why you, you know, we're going to do it this way or how you kind of like move through the files to get to this. Um, so just, un, you know, kind of like getting a lay of the land that was really helpful. Um, and then, uh, not as dev related, but Kurt Elster's, uh, unofficial Shopify podcast, um, one of his first episodes that I heard was, um, actually what introduced me to, uh, coding with Jan's channel. Um, cause Ann Thomas was on and she was talking about like themes and stuff, uh, and how to work with them and things like that. And so that was super helpful for me as well. Uh, you know, to kind of hear that, but yeah, other than that, um, I think that was the biggest thing and, and we've talked about that and that's why something like liquid weekly is so helpful. Um, was I was like, really struggling to find like a good place to grab all of those all at once. You're kind of like, you're scattered, you know, and your focus is like this wide to try to find stuff, Um, you know, versus then, you know, you you created Liquid Weekly and it's just like, oh sweet, I get this in my inbox now. This is fantastic. Awesome.
0: That's an amazing story, Taylor. Thanks so much for going into more detail. Although I am so curious about one last thing, which is you said you got started by selling coffee mugs on Shopify. that was kind of your grand plan. Oh yeah. Did you have like a cool design? Was it something original that no, you wanted to share?
1: Was no, it just it no-shipping coffee mugs? It, it was coffee. the drop of shipping coffee mugs. Oh, like no. it was like it was the bare the most bare minimum effort you could have possibly done on which is again why I'm not sitting here sipping my ties on a beach. <laughs> Um, cause my, my drop, I, I bought into that, like, you know, you're going to make all this money drop shipping and all you gotta do is like yes. spin up a store. And I obviously didn't research that well enough. And and I say that at the time yeah. I, I, unfortunately I dumped a lot of that on my wife, as far as like, cause at the time I was, I had just got like this promotion to a supervisor gig. Um, and so like I was working a lot of hours there and so she was primarily like running the store, um, with, with next to no help from me. Um, and I didn't want to do the marketing stuff anyways. It was just like, here, I'll set up the store and you can run it kind of type thing. And so it, uh, it did not, we made in the year, a a full year we did. We we did, we did our whole thing. We did it like a full year. We made one sale the whole year. So Yeah. One one wholesale. That's how good we were at at drop shipping. So that's why I don't touch marketing uh, and uh, content pieces here. That's uh, I'm a I'm a technical implementation person only. Apparently, that's true. So, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah.
0: Oh man. Yeah. I think we all have at one time or another felt the siren song of the drop ship.
1: It's and it is, it's appealing. <laughs> some people do it
0: and they, they somehow figure it out. But
1: yeah, for most of us, it, it's probably it really not. Yeah, some, some people can kill it, man. But yeah, that, that was not my experience. <laughs> <laughs> funny. Cool. But, but, you know, like that was, you know, so my side of things being pretty, quote unquote, untraditional at all, right? Like pretty hardcore pivot from, yeah. you know, counseling psychology to, you know, freelance web development. And your background is a bit different. Um, I'm always envious of people in your position. It feels like, you know, you found kinda what you were wanting to do early on and you made a lot of really good decisions early on and you've just been on this like awesome career trajectory ever since. So, I mean, is that is that accurate? I mean, you're you're too humble of a guy to say yes, that's, a, that's super accurate about being amazing kind of type thing, but from my perspective, that's kinda what it feels like sometimes, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, Taylor, I'll be honest, people throw around the adjective genius before, off Savant, all these things are the kind of feedback I get I on I a regular basis, but no. So, my background, honestly, is I never had a computer. I'm kind of old, right? So, I grew up in the late 80s or the 90s, kind of my time, and um, we never had a computer in the house until I was in junior high school, mm-hmm. and I didn't know I liked computers until we got one, and my dad... I was so excited to get some games and I got the games, but I kept breaking my dad's computer because this was the back in the day when we had to make a disk on um, DOS oh. to be able to load it with enough memory to actually run the game, right? And I,
1: uh-huh. I
0: kept doing things and accidentally overwriting his system files and stuff. And he was computer literate. Like, the only reason he had a computer was for his job, um, which was, was real estate appraising and had some software used for that. And so I had to be the one to fix it after I broke it. But she was kind enough to let me use it, even though this kept happening. So that's how I first learned computers is like looking through the MF.5 manual to figure out, okay, how do you, from scratch, construct a config sys file and it auto execute that? Because until I figured this out, my dad can't work. And if he can't work, he's not happy with me. Right. So I did get that to work. And I like, I really like this. And I just like the idea of being a to tinker with it. It was like a puzzle. And then I discovered the web, right? Because when I was first getting into this, like AOL was the. Best you had, right? And they didn't even have the web right. at that point. It was just forums and stuff. Um, so when early browsers came out and the web first came out, I remember being at a friend's house and, like, opening up Notepad and Windows, like, just from memory, writing some HTML then loading that file in Netscape, whatever was we used at the time. I'm like, look, guys, look, I did this. See how cool that is? They couldn't care less. But I was just enamored <laughs> with the power of the web, right? It was so elegant and so easy to do something. At that point in time. Yeah. So that kind of launched my career in terms of being all about computers. And so like you said, yeah, I was kind of lucky that had really to sort of found that question
1: um, well that's amazing though that you found it sounds like we had similar experiences as far as like the first bit of HTML, but like yeah. you caught on you saw the bigger picture of like what this was versus someone in my position at the time. I just I totally missed it. And I wish I would have seen it, but you saw it.
0: Well, it was the right place at the right time, I think, was a lot of it. The other thing was, you know, I had tried messing around with some um, app development, which at the time meant, like, Windows 16 APIs and stuff like that. Um,
1: oh, but, sounds terrible. Yeah, it was, right? It was, I think,
0: 100 <laughs> lines of boilerplate code to even, like, get a window going. <laughs> it's like it's compared to HTML. Like, I wrote an interface, and it's, you know, 25 lines of HTML. With right. and stuff, right? So, like, okay, I'm never going back to that. Um, and then I kind of got into the open source stuff so i was all about linux like buying microsoft all that kind of stuff so stayed away from windows and that kind of led me into php things like that so i went to school um i went into the computer engineering program and just went head first into web stuff that's really what my passion was and then um, i ended up landing a job as a student actually they were looking for a linux systems administrator i thought what the heck i know linux i'll apply and uh they interviewed me and the guy was like, well, what, what do you want for your rate? And I had a friend that was doing freelancing at the time and he okay. told me what he charged, which I thought was obscene, like I think back in the day, like $50 an hour or something. And so I just went for it, like I got nothing to lose, I'm a sophomore yeah. in college, right? And so I said it and they said, okay. And I was like, <laughs> are you th- like, what? <laughs> what? What just happened? Um, so that kind of started my career, so to speak. So I worked for them on and off through school doing web development. We basically wrote That's scratch. amazing. Yeah, a system for them to do um, manuscript submissions and tracking for a peer-reviewed research journal kind of thing. Nice. Because at the time, they were literally, like, hand-mailing PDFs. Not PDFs, like, printed copies of manuscripts of random people to get feedback, have it sent back, then take all those and mail them somewhere else to get the editors to look at them, mail all that back. right? So I think the wow. cost of software development was more than compensated for by the lack of postage at that point. And, to the yeah, the day, right? More, right, like alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so that's kind of how I got got going and then in the midst of all that writing PHP web apps um, I made a slight career change and, and similar to you I actually went into ministry with a church that was uh, focusing on college students which is something that was very helpful for me as a student and kept consulting on the side like cause similar to you social work, ministry not the mm-hmm. highest paying careers by any stretch right? Um, and so it's so helpful to have that knowledge and to be able to keep doing stuff as a freelancer on the side, even if it was just one client, right? It just, with some extra money, right? And then I transitioned back into freelancing full time and I just got to share a story real quick. So one of the ways I picked up my first like client outside of that existing job was I used to go mm-hmm. to this Qdoba all the time. You know what Qdoba is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, kind of like a Chipotle
1: Qdoba's. kind of type thing or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chipotle uh-huh. I think.
0: Yeah. But it's down by yeah. my house and I used to go there to work um, for this one client because I like triple, Qdoba or whatever and they yeah. have Wi-Fi but the Wi-Fi wasn't working very well and I went there enough that I kind of got to know the people and I recognized the owner and so at one point in line I said hey like your Wi-Fi seems to be down like if you want help with that I can totally help you because I'm thinking like I just want to fix this so I can work from right here yeah you yeah, so can work right here yeah. Qdoba right <laughs> so here like okay and so I ended up working for this owner of a couple of Qdoba franchises like doing back office stuff and it sucked right because nice. it's like They have a tech department, Q2 corporate. So I'm liaisoning between their ISP in Columbus, which I think is AT&T, and their corporate office and this kind of stuff. It was such a hard place to be in, but I got their Wi-Fi fixed. I kept working from there, and that sort of opened the door for me to get into more consulting jobs.
1: Now, now, what was the compensation deal for work for getting this stuff resolved at QW? Did you get to like just eat there for free, or was well, that's there the like? Thing. Was
0: <laughs> I feel like again, I was lucky, very lucky, and not because I'm smart, but just lucky having that earlier experience. Because I feel like when you freelance, especially when you transition into freelancing, the biggest obstacle so many people try to overcome is asking for adequate
1: compensation. Yep.
0: They just don't feel like they have that self-confidence or like legitimacy, I guess, to be paid as a professional.
1: Talking about money is just hard. Yeah. Yeah, For sure. It's awkward. Mm -hmm. For sure.
0: Especially Mm -hmm. when there's like a friendship involved. Like this lady was a friend. Like I eat here, right? Right. But I also know me and I know that I wouldn't be okay just being compensated with chips. (laughs) It's like, that's not going to do it. Like I've got a family. Right. Right. I can go buy chips. Um, Good. So I asked her for what I consider to be a fair market rate, which she paid, which I think at at the time was pretty good. It was. I was a hundred an hour or something like that. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm on site, I'm here, I'm doing whatever it is you want. Like I'm a professional. You know. And that's awesome, man.
1: so yeah, it worked out. Good. Good for you for actually like doing that too, though. Cause like that's yeah. what I feel like. Um, you know, there's people that, yeah, you just end up like, Oh yeah, like free chips or something like that or whatever. You're like, this is, this is a lot more than free chips, man. Like, yep. <laughs> And I know we're not here
0: to talk about freelancing per se, although we should definitely dig into that more in other episodes. But I think for me the metric I always came up with is will I resent doing this work at this price? And if if I yeah. can't say that I won't, then I, I need to charge more. And if they yeah. won't want to pay it, that's totally fine. There's other people out there that will do this work for them for less Absolutely. Right? but I just have a personal like what my <laughs> what my deal no
1: deal is on this still. So. That's good, um, man. So then after that you start transition transitioning to like consultancy you said too.
0: Just picking up more work, but it was, you know, I I was a web stack, de- full stack web developer with lots of experience, looking for more work. And similar to you, it's like, how do you get that? Like, sure, I had that first client to school. That was lucky. This place at this restaurant that also was lucky. Ironically, I actually met a lot of clients at restaurants just from working out. And Everybody's got to eat, man. You just meet people, <laughs> and, I, and I I talk to them and get to know needs and stuff. But you know, I just felt a little adrift. And at this time, I actually picked up a course by Brendan Dunning. If you ever heard of him or not, um, name something. Double your, double your freelancing rate, I think, is what it was called. And okay. he has this whole thing now. He's he's transcended, um, but he had some masterminds at that point, and it's all about like just basically the nuts and bolts of freelancing and how to create a good rate and all the things you need to do um, to set that up. And so I ended up in a mastermind with none other than Kurt Elster. Um, wow, for, that's awesome. I like, oh, okay. So that's when I first met him. That was years ago. And so I got to know his story a little bit and quickly saw like he was on a trajectory, he and Paul, um, to do some really great things. And I think they've done it. And it's just been so cool to watch them over the years achieve that. But that's what first started turning me on to Shopify even was seeing how successful he was. And then when that idea of, wow, I really need to niche down to focus that marketing, focus my work, I can't be broad spectrum let's do it with Shopify. It seems like there's a lot of opportunity there, a lot of momentum there. Chris doing great there. And so that's kind of what led me down that road. And so I started doing some work for, for Kurt and Paul because I have all the technical background that they could use for different things that they were doing. Um,
1: and yeah, just kind of going from there. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Cause so, and you did, you did a podcast episode with them too. I did. You know? Yeah. I can't remember and when that was. You, I, you, yeah. You guys were talking about uh, migrations <laughs> because and that was super interesting to me too because yeah migrations are tough um and so having somebody very technical like you involved would 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 help me sleep better at night if i was working on those or whatever i don't i don't touch the super super difficult technical ones or whatever um like that's that's when i'd be calling you or being like no i need to talk to somebody like carl because like that's you know i gotta stay in my lane i've done plenty of migrations but there are some i've just had to pass on because they're they are there's Super technical and in-depth if you're not careful.
0: Yeah. And again, that's where I feel like I'm very lucky compared to, well, I'm not compared to you necessarily, but compared to other developers because I was just so in the right place at the right time to see the web go from very basic HTML, maybe a little CSS, like that was it. We weren't even running JavaScript, right? To what it is today, like to get into it today, you have to know so much context around so many different technologies and not necessarily master them, but at least have some proficiency to even get (laughs) <laughs> a simple page done, right? Whereas it used to be so simple. Um, yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm very lucky to have pieces. that background knowledge because it serves me well.
1: Yeah. No, mm-hmm. that's that's awesome, man. Yeah, that's because there are there are definitely a lot of pieces. It does feel like more and more, you know, especially if you're kind of in the JavaScript world a little bit. You know, it's just like there's a new JavaScript framework that comes out like every other week. Like that's the joke, right? And like it's the next new big thing. <laughs> no, and it's like you can't possibly keep up with all of them. So you know. Um, you know, and, and trying to, and I think that was the thing we both just talked about was when you finally get to the point where you're niching down and you're specializing in one area, it's so much easier to be like more focused and get more done. Um, you know, to, instead of trying to like, you know, spreading this big net, trying to figure out what works and what doesn't. So for sure. Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, finally, with Shopify, I just want to toss out, I had the, the great pleasure of actually attending Shopify Unite in 2019. Mm-hmm. which is the one-only one I've ever gotten that's to. Awesome. You. And that was such a great experience. And I met so many cool people, um, Tracy and Ann and Kelly and Kurt and Paul, obviously, and a bunch of other people that I still am in touch with today. And I think not only in Shopify did I find an outlet for my freelancing work, but I found this amazing community of developers. And I think that's something we can easily take for granted because there are other ecosystems where people are not friendly, right? or it's not so easy to get into, it's not so supportive. And so, not only have I found it very lucrative as a freelancer, but I found it very satisfying as a human being to be in this place. And I want to help accelerate that. I want to help other people in this project. And that's really what spurned on the Liquid Weekly newsletter idea, which was, well, A, I was kind of a test to myself, well, anyone reads this? Because, you know, I need like maybe five people I could send with zero. And i like, well, those maybe subscribe. But like the idea of having a newsletter where you have thousands of subscribers is really fascinating. Like, how does that happen? So let's see, maybe we can make it happen. That was one. And the two was just like, I want to help people. Like, there's so much good stuff out there. I want to help people promote their stuff because uh, there's folks writing things that no one knows about. There are videos being produced that no one's ever seen because they're just new right. or just haven't stumbled upon any algorithm. Like, I want to find those and expose them. And then two is I want to connect developers like yourself, like myself, with those things because, man, let's learn more. Let's get better at this. It just makes our jobs more fun.
1: Um, so yeah. anyway, that's kind of where I ended at. Yeah, trying to make like the, the Shopify world or the space just a little bit smaller, like to, so that way, you know, it can kind of like actually talk and communicate and, you know, interact with people that are in this space. It's, and especially too, like me as a freelancer, I, I love doing that uh, whenever I can. Cause it kind of gets a little lonely too, when you're not, if you're not careful, you know, cause it's not like you can, you know, talk to your your wife and kids all the time about it. like, oh man, like I implemented this like really cool, you know, free gift with purchase promotion in the cart today or whatever and like, oh man, like, you know used to finally got the Ajax API, you know, for the cart API down and like, oh, I just felt so good, you know, or whatever and you're just like, what? Like, you know, you know, so it, it's cool to like be able to talk to people and and for those people to get surfaced too, that are, you know, they're trying to, um, you know, do the same thing and kind of make their, their way in this space or whatever. And so, yeah, I think it's awesome that you are promoting in liquid weekly content creators that way. That was helpful for me. Um, I started creating some YouTube videos, um, just, just because like one, I wanted to kind of give back to the community a little bit. And then two, obviously that, that, that obviously helps out from a freelancing standpoint as well. Um, But I really do think one of the best things you can do, you know, when you're trying to like really get a concept is try to teach it to somebody. Um, So anytime I can, you know, either teach somebody about that or so I can understand it better myself um, or just share knowledge or whatever, uh, you know, both of our backgrounds, like, you know, ministry and social work and all this other stuff, you know, I think that's, there's this big desire to like help people. So like gathering resources and, you know, trying to help make other people more successful, I think that that's something that really resonates in this community too so um i'm i think it's awesome
0: yeah it's well said taylor and you know i think at the end of the day people in our space freelancing entrepreneurship whatever like you know we want to make money making money is fun um uh, when you have kids and a family like it's not only fun it's really important to have right because there's least for it but at the end of the day like let's enjoy the people we're working with and uh that human connection, which is something that's so easy to miss in our line of work because a lot of us are remote, a lot of us spend most of our day online. Like, that's where the real pleasure in life is. And if, yeah. if we can make money and do that at the same time, let's do it. So, Absolutely. that's kind of my mantra. Um, well, I think we have done a pretty good job of covering each other's origin stories, which is, you know, so. is my favorite part. This is episode one of a Marvel
1: movie franchise. We're doing Um, (laughs) Yeah, we'd have to take a whole Marvel movie to do it, to set up the scene for for the sequel.
0: (laughs) I know one of the things that we were hoping to do in uh, each of our podcasts, too, is just try out talking about cool things that we're seeing happen in this ecosystem, right? So part of that is looking at the changelog. And you had something that we found on the Shopify changelog you were interested in chatting about. So you want to share what you found the other day?
1: yeah so I think one of the things that we were talking about well for one, I think that we were both talking about that is news to everybody potentially is in preparation for you know us talking about like change log and updates and and things that we're working with in real life or whatever kind of type thing um, was that the change log has an option for you like a tab to actually see upcoming um <laughs> you know stuff that's being scheduled so um, I'm always just kind of surprised when stuff gets released um. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. There sure. It yeah. That's awesome. Like there's a scheduled tab. Like you can see stuff coming up too. Like I, I totally missed that. I've, I've that's been, the future right there. It's not August. That, there you so go. It's June. Bam. <laughs> so cool. That's amazing. So yeah, I, I think that's really cool. Uh, we both learned a little bit of something there and, uh, but anyways, so out, outside of that, there's, there's the pro tip for the day. We've hopefully made somebody's life better just from that piece. Um, but changes to merchant asset URLs. So this was part of um, something that was coming up from Shopify. So instead of, you know, all of the asset URLs, so like images and stuff like that, or whatever, showing up as cdn.shopify.com or whatever, and we're talking about like in in the HTML, it's going to show up just as the merchant's URL, which is really really cool. And so the example they've always used Snow Devil as like the example there or what have you. Um, but the nice thing about this is it's going to be a big win from an SEO perspective. So it's this idea of we're kind of like promoting that that domain um, specifically kind of type thing here instead of like bringing everything in from other places. And then it's also going to help out. Uh, supposedly from a performance standpoint. Now, I don't know the back end of of how all that is suggested, where it's going to be um, more of a performance standpoint. You probably can call out maybe some of those things specifically, but um, I think that that's going to be awesome that it's a huge win for merchants just all around and stuff that they won't really see uh, necessarily, but like devs are going to obviously appreciate. Now, the only thing um, I think we talked about this too, where like this starts to become... A little bit of a thing that like devs need to watch out for is i do know because i've worked on a ton of themes that are built by other agencies and other people there's this tendency sometimes to just dump a hard-coded url when you need an asset somewhere um, so sometimes folks go and they'll just either dump it into files or something like that and then go grab the link uh, and I've come back and <laughs> just do that no no i mean you know i'm not talking about us carl i'm there talking right about right other on. people yeah. you know um, and so so the, obviously the appropriate way to do that instead is to call that using a liquid filter for either the file or the asset URL. Um, and there's well we can link up to that in show notes right you know as far as like how best to do that and um, but that'll be where people can take advantage of the um basically the performance improvements and everything else there rather than seeing that uh, much more ugly like non-merchant brand specific uh domain there so i i initially thought too that this was going to uh break if you had these and so i was going through and updating old um old sites as well where you know Uh, where I was surprised. Like I've worked with this merchant for two years, but they had a a theme built by another agency or whatever, five years ago, you know, and I was like finding stuff all over the place. GitHub search is great for finding that stuff. Um, But, uh, you know, supposedly from other partners that I talked to other experts and stuff who talk to people at Shopify, it it won't break. It'll continue to forward on. Obviously all the old URLs are still going to work. It's just that uh, we're not gonna be able to take advantage of some of those benefits there.
0: That's a really cool find, both uh, that uh, feature date changelog thing and
1: also that feature.
0: Awesome.
1: Yeah, and I I thought about it because so this was announced back in May and I just saw yesterday, literally yesterday. So what, June 29th, uh, 2023, I actually saw it live on a merchant store, so it's, it's actually being implemented. Cool. Well, I don't have something from
0: a change log this year but I do have a pick of the week for myself. Um, nice. Yeah, I've been reading a book which I've been trying to get back into reading ever since I had kids. It's not something to do with much mo- anymore but it's mm-hmm. called The Soul of the Machine. I think I saw this on Hacker News or something recently. And it's a true story written by um, this author named Tracy Kidder and he won a Pulitzer Prize for this. I know that people listening can't see the screen so I'm, I'm describing it but he basically details. Um, the story of data general when they created their next computer that was a 32-bit mini computer this is back in the late 70s early 80s and it's a fascinating read uh, because a it's well written you know but it's a true story and it actually goes into some of the technical education but at a very high level right so if you're not super familiar with microprocessors or data architecture data computer architecture it's a really gentle way to kind of see some of those issues and why is it even challenging to do this kind of stuff on that low of a level? Right, we're talking about thirty-two bit addressing schemes and data protection and stuff like that that we just take for granted today because we have so many abstractions and modern tools that are all built on top of this sort of stuff. Yeah. if you're interested in that kind of thing, I highly recommend it. It's a fun read, entertaining, and you learn a lot.
1: Same time, That's say, well, I don't know. I feel <laughs> smarter just you talking about that. So now I'm gonna have yeah. to order this thing and read it and pretend like I. I understand some of it or whatever like yeah. well I'll <laughs> be honest awesome. like
0: you know a college education in computers was helpful but not all that helpful to what I do day to day but some Great. of the background was just kind of cool to know like having to program using binary for a class which no one will ever do ever it's just so bad <laughs> but it's like oh that's how that works okay that kind of stuff this book I feel like it's sort of on that level
1: so, that's awesome yeah excellent Great well day, um man yeah where do we go from here Taylor what's next for us Um, I think the biggest thing is just like really encouraging people to make sure they you know like subscribe all that stuff share with their friends uh, because this is something that we're gonna do, we're gonna keep showing up and giving people some valuable content. It's not gonna always be, uh, you know, this is the setup show, right? Uh, This is like what it's about, who we are, and what we're trying to bring to the Shopify community, um, Shopify dev community specifically. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. I think it's gonna be something other people are gonna be really interested in listening to.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. I really hope it serves that and that people find it interesting and helpful and maybe even entertaining regardless, I'm looking forward to it secretly because it means I get at least an hour every week or so to hang out with you and have a conversation and catch up. So what could be better yeah. than that,
1: Taylor? I don't know. Yeah. It's awesome. It's perfect. That's right. <laughs> awesome.
0: Well, guys, until next time, Taylor, it's good chatting to you.
1: And, you uh, too, man. Good
0: chatting you on the flip side. All right.
1: See ya.